Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 82nd episode of Weekly Poker Hand. This is the last hand in the mini-series where I look at hands where I perhaps get a little bit too aggressive. And in this hand, we are playing 200-400. I've chipped back up to my starting stack of 50,000 chips. And I have Queen Jack of Diamonds and the cutoff. And I am definitely going to raise in this scenario. I think raising is the only play that has any real merit. I make it 1,000. You could also make it 1,200, 800. I don't think it's too incredibly relevant. But I definitely prefer bigger raises as you are deeper stacked because you want to be able to threaten your opponent's stack whenever possible. And big bet sizes allow that to happen. So anyway, the flop comes... Well, I raise to 1,000. Small blind, who I have no notes on, and the big blind, a tight aggressive guy call. Flop comes king of clubs, ten of clubs, four of clubs. I have no clubs. I have queen jack of diamonds. And both my opponents check to me. And at this point, you have to ask, if I bet, is is it likely that both of my opponents will fold? Because that is really what I'm hoping for when I continuation bet this flop. Um, I'm going to have a difficult time continuing to barrel on a lot of turns. So, unless I'm just you know purely bluffing on a four-flush board or something like that. So, I decide to just check behind. And I'm checking behind, not necessarily to give up, but if the turn is pretty much any card that does not help me, and my opponents bet on the turn, I'm probably just going to fold. Um, we have you know, no made hand. Our hand's almost certainly not the best hand at the moment. And our draw is not even to the nuts if we do get there. So this is a spot where you have to recognize, even though we have an open-ended straight draw, it's not a particularly strong hand. So I'm just checking out. Turns a queen of spades, giving me a pair. Pairs are good. Both players check to me. And I decide to bet 1,500 into the two th- into the thirty. 30- 450 pot, 3,450 chip pot. I'm doing this for a few reasons. First, I do not want to let a random hand like pocket fives with the five of clubs or even ace of diamonds, five of clubs to see a free river. These hands are usually not going to bluff on the river if I check behind on the turn and they miss. And also they just have plenty of equity. So I don't mind making those hands fold. Also, given the players check to me twice, both on the flop and the turn. They probably don't have a king. So if they don't have a king, when I bet and get called, it's usually going to be by a reasonable club draw or queen, which is probably going to be worse than my queen, or a 10, which is obviously behind at the moment. So I do think this is a nice bet size to extract value. Anytime you're betting something like 40% pot, you're going to find that you are inducing a lot of inferior hands to call, which is exactly what you want to happen when you are value betting. I think a bad bet size in this spot would be 3,200, for example. That's a bet size that is really going to force my opponents to have a good hand to call. So that's going to result in them not calling with a hand like ace-10 or pocket nines with nine of clubs. So if I do bet in this scenario, you want to keep it on the smaller side. It's always important to ask yourself when you're value betting, which hands that are worse than mine can call if I bet X amount. And like I just said, if I bet big in this spot, it's not going to be very many hands. And if I bet small, it's going to be a lot of hands. A lot of people do like to just pick up the pot immediately on the turn. And in this spot, I don't think it's such a bad idea, but at the same time, it's not like we 100% have the best hand or anything like that. And if you do bet 3,200 and get called, you are just crushed. So... The only bet size in this spot that makes sense is 1,500, I think. So we do about 1,500, and only the small blind calls. Pot is 6,450 going to the river. River is a six of clubs, 
my opponent leads into me for 3,500. So if you think back to the previous episode, we found ourselves in a similar spot as our opponent, and we bet in this spot as a bluff, and our opponent folded. So we have to ask ourselves, given that we know we should be doing that, does our opponents know that he should consider leading in this spot? Well, yet he has to ask himself, which good clubs do I have in my range? So I did not bet the flop. If I bet the flop, well, given I did not bet the flop, I probably don't have the ace of clubs. I think betting the flop with the ace of clubs is a very good, clean bluff, just because, um, in my shoes, I mean, because if I get called, I have plenty of equity. So I would have bet the flop with most ace of club hands. So my opponent can generally discount that. If I have the queen of clubs, would I have bet the flop? And if I have the queen of clubs in my hand, it's usually going to be with an ace, which would give me a gut shot, a king, which gives me top pair, a queen, which gives me a second up flush draw and a straight draw, or with the 10, which gives me a pair. Maybe I could have like queen nine, but if I have queen nine, it starts to become mostly like queen nine suiteds, which would include the, you know, I'd just have a flush on the flop. So I think my opponent can generally discount me having a queen of clubs as well. Um, thinking about the jack of clubs, it's sort of a similar analysis, although I'd be a little bit more inclined to check behind with something like ace of spades, jack of clubs on this flop. So I think I, I start to have some jacks in my range, and I certainly have some nines and eights, etc. because if I have like pocket nines, I'm just not betting the flop. So my opponent can generally discount the nut, the nut hands, which is always good for him because that means now he's betting to try to make me fold a marginal hand at best. So if the best hands I can have are marginal and the worst hands I can have are just air or one pair hands, it seems like a pretty acceptable spot to turn whatever he has into a bluff. Um, so now we have to ask, will, does he think I'm going to call with a king? And I think probably not. I don't think most people think you're going to be calling with one pair hands. I'm definitely going to call with a set, but I, don't have, I should not have very many sets in my range besides exactly pocket queens and maybe pocket sixes somehow. Um, probably not, though. Um, so yeah, this is a spot where I think my range should be generally weak. So if my range should be weak and my opponent's betting, I have to recognize that he understands my range is weak. So if he thinks my range is weak and he's betting a size like this, notice it's not like this is a very tiny bet that's like obviously trying to get called. This is a, you know, sizable bet, a little bit more than half pot. I think that my opponent is probably good enough to attempt to bluff me some portion of the time. Of course, some players will just legitimately never, ever, ever try to bluff in this spot, and they just always have some marginal flush or even a good flush. And against those players, just fold, right? You don't have to get fancy. You don't have to try to win every pot you're playing. But in this scenario, I remember my opponent was um, a European kid, just thinking back at it. And I wasn't buying it. He looked generally weak. Um, you'll, you'll find that you can pick up a lot of live tells in live poker, or a lot of tells in live poker. And I got the vibe that this player did not have a premium hand. So if he doesn't have a premium hand, he's not super confident. Is he really value betting a hand like a nine of clubs or an eight of clubs? And probably not. He's probably just going to check call with those. So I think this becomes a pretty close call. The only problem with this, calling with this middle pair on the four flush board, is that sometimes my opponent will just randomly have a king and be bluffing with it. But I don't think that's going to happen most of the time. So... Usually when people turn hands into bluff, it's going to be more like a 10 or 4 or a small pocket pair. So after some thinking, I need to be right here about 25% of the time to justify a call. And if you just think about it purely from 
uh, you know, a numbers point of view, my opponent's going to have a club in his hand only 40% of the time or so. So um, if I need to be right 20% of the time, and my opponent is only going to have a flush, in theory, um, 40% of the time, that means 60% of the time he doesn't have a flush, this uh, is going to be a pretty nice spot for me. Of course, you have to think about his actual range. He just doesn't have the two of clubs or the three of clubs or the five of clubs very often at all. And if he did, he wouldn't bet those. So now it's, it's much more skewed towards him not having a, a good flush on average. Anyway, I liked it to call here. I think this is um, a close spot. But whenever your opponents are capable of taking lines like this, you need to be fairly call happy in scenarios like this. You'll, you'll find that if you're if you think your opponent is very weighted towards bluffs, you should be looking to hero call them relatively wide, especially if you know they're not going to turn better hands than yours into a bluff. So in this hand, my opponent did end up um, having jack of spades, ten of spades. So he did turn middle pair into a bluff, very similarly to how I turned middle pair into a bluff in the previous episode. Um, if I had a hand like ace high here, like say I had ace of hearts, nine of diamonds, I would not have called for this exact reason. But I think once I get a hand like a queen or better, I think calling becomes fairly safe in this scenario. Um, but notice you don't want to call with the ace high or pocket twos because a lot of the bluffs your opponent is going to have are going to be a 10 or maybe a queen. So that's going to be it for this episode. If you guys want more free content from me, I strongly suggest you sign up for my free webinar series at holdembook.com slash live. In these webinars with the authors of Excelling at No Limit Hold'em, we are going to go through all sorts of topics, discuss numerous hands and numerous concepts that will help you become a better poker player. So if you want to continue learning about poker and getting better at the game, go sign up for the free webinars at holdembook.com slash live. That is L-I-V-E. Thank you all very much for being here. I appreciate you being part of Weekly Poker Hand. If you are not here, this podcast would not exist. (laughs) So... Thank you very much. Be sure to check back next week.